You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Today is the fantasy football episode, all three segments about, well, we'll just go through the Florida Gators and where they're going in NFL fantasy drafts because it's almost fantasy football season, baby. It's time. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. I'm also just going to say, once again, I'm on a vacation this week, so I'll get you guys next week uh, with any news that happened during this week. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget, there's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's Lockdown SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 7. 90. Follow the Lockdown SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Starting off today's show, uh, we're going to go with the, I guess I'll say, early starters that you can find. Um, first up, of course, is Kyle Pitts. Like he, He's that dude. He was <clears throat> the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. Uh, let, let me just repeat that again. The highest drafted tight end in NFL history. Uh, he is currently going at, with the average pick of 52.1 in fantasy drafts, according to Yahoo. He is sixth among all tight ends in projected points. He's projected to have roughly 10 points per game. And one of the biggest things about Kyle Pitts that we've spoken about just so many times like it gets exhausting how many times i've gone through this but at the same time i love getting to go through this (laughs) as often as possible uh he's likely going to move around out wide in the slot at tight end in line and move tight end with arthur smith at the helm we could see him playing the backfield and it wouldn't surprise me at all we saw johnny take like tosses to the backfield so kyle pitts more athletic than Janu wouldn't surprise me at all. Kyle Pitts is also a big red zone threat, which is something that the Falcons haven't been great with in the past six years or so. Uh, they've had Julio Jones, who's one of the most physically dominant wide receivers that we've seen in the NFL in a very long time, and he's been relatively quiet once teams get once the Falcons get into the red zone. But that no longer a problem and of course no longer relevant because julio jones no longer a falcon uh, but kyle pitts will likely fill that role as a as an, a legitimate red zone target format ryan so you're looking at touchdowns you're looking at just touches in general because he's such a mismatch nightmare he's going to get his targets even if he's covered he's likely going to be just straight up bigger than the dude that's covering him and if he's not bigger he's probably going to be faster so he's just so lethal that honestly, like 52.1 is later than I'm going to take him when it comes time for my fantasy drafts. Like if he's there in the third, maybe fourth round, 
I'm I'm snatching them up like right away. Uh, that's I think a fantastic value. Like, and I've always been the type to take a tight end early, especially in a league where he where uh, we can have the running back, wide receiver, tight end flex. Uh, I like to roll with two tight ends just because then I have two fantastic players that are usually good in the red zone, and I get to take one very good tight end away from other people because very talented tight ends are kind of hard to find. Uh, next up, we have the other Gators' first-round draft pick in Kadarius Tony, who's a New York Giant. Um, okay, I'm going to get through this part really quick. Uh, every other Gator on this list is average going undrafted uh in fantasy drafts so i want to make that clear because it's just not worth it for me to repeat that uh every single time Kadarius Tony's projected to be 66th among the wide amongst wide receivers or finish 66th with in terms of uh, total points for the season which is uh kind of weird because like I would still think that that would get drafted at some point. Like, I get that it's not fantastic, but I would think that he'd be getting drafted at, like, even the late-round flyer. Like, that's just something that I would expect. Um, he's projected to have about 7.5 points per game. Kadarius Tony's one of the uh, unique cases where, sure, he's in a crowded wide receiver room because the New York Giants do have a lot of good wide receivers. They have Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton all ahead of Kadarius Tony, but hopefully like my my saving grace with Kadarius Tony is that I'm hoping he'll get a lot of designed touches on jet sweeps putting him in the backfield handing it off let him play wildcat QB throwing screens to him whatever it may be I'm hoping the design touches will uh will kind of save Kadarius Tony's fantasy value um but I mean again if, if they're not design touches then he's not going to do a ton uh, that that's the biggest issue with like that's why i get Kadarius tony going undrafted it's literally just like 66th doesn't seem like it or amongst wide receivers doesn't seem like it should be going undrafted to me when i think about it uh but hey say la vie that's that it is what it is man uh finally for this the rest of this segment which is of course the kind of starters uh section demarcus robinson which is not a name that a lot of people probably expected to hear uh wide receiver kansas city chiefs he's been in the nfl for a few years now um he is currently projected to go to be oh my god this one was insane 210th among receivers which is bonkers um and it's weird because i feel like he's being the most overlooked gator right now in fantasy because He's on the Chiefs, and people are like, oh, well, they've got Clyde Rowe or Clyde the Glide, whatever you want to call him, Clyde edwards Elair. They've got Tyreek Hill. They've got Meikle Harbin. They've got Travis Kelsey. They've got blah, blah, blah. They've got blah, 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 blah. No one cares. Uh, Cornell Powell's not taking Demarcus Robinson's spot. Um, Demarcus Robinson last year was third on the Chiefs in catches behind only Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So, more than Meikle Hardman. And... This is an offense that, while yes, Demarcus Robinson had more catches than Meikle, and Meikle is probably going to see an increased role this year, they no longer have Sammy Watkins. So those catches are freeing up this year. Like someone needs to clean those up, and it's probably not going to be Tyreek. It's probably not going to be Travis Kelsey. In all honesty, it's probably not going to be Meikle because he's still just a dude that's fast. He hasn't proven his ability to separate on a consistent basis, and it's probably not going to be Cornell Powell. You know who that leaves? 
Demarcus Robinson. He's one of the most slept on receivers right now. And honestly, like I think I'm going to take him in fantasy drafts just in case he has that big week or just in case he could break out or if I need a spot start for, for an injury. Like I, I would feel fine putting any starting wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs or an offense that high octane. I would feel totally comfortable just having him as my starter for the week if I need a spot start. Like that's that's not a big question for me to put a fantastic player in a fantastic offense on my team. That that just makes no sense that people would question that. But need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop, Dogecoin, um I don't know, crypt any crypto you got. It, it's wild. Um need something to do with that money? Visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Like I, I'm so happy that I don't have my car this week because I hate having to take care of it. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Um, but before I had the car, I checked out the website just to get familiar with it for these ads. And I was genuinely shocked at how smooth the experience was. Like, I don't know cars, but even I can navigate this website. It's a, it's honestly a fantastic thing. I love it so much. And I mean, whatever you need, whether it's your classic or daily driver, you can get it in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So that they know exactly who sent you. If you've been living under a rock, Homefield Apparel recently introduced the latest and best Big New Saturday School. And that school, the University of Florida. Want proof that it's the best Big New Saturday School? Okay, it broke home field records. I don't know if broke is the right word. It absolutely demolished the record that was previously set by Notre Dame. Um, shocking. Notre Dame blew it in the big one again. Um, but seriously, like the Gators just just destroyed it. I believe uh, at the end of the weekend, the Gators had 176% more sales than Notre Dame. So basically, everything Notre Dame did, and then 76% of what Notre Dame did on top of that, like we almost doubled them. That was a beautiful thing. It was amazing. We demolished just so many schools like Florida State. <laughs> hate you uh thank you to everyone for participating in big news saturday i know i had a blast being a part of it don't forget to use promo code locked on gators for 15 percent off of your first purchase with home field apparel looking at the second segment i'm talking about guys here who are kind of uh kind of flyers more than anything else and i'm starting off with van jefferson because he's someone who i spoke about in the training camp episodes um He's, he's being pretty overlooked right now because he's a wide receiver on the Rams, of course. And the Rams have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Jackson, and they drafted Tutu Atwell with their first pick, which is a third-round pick. Uh, so people think that there's just too many mouths to feed in this offense and that Van Jefferson will be the guy that gets left out. Um, I, I call cap. <laughs> I'm going to call cap on it because I think Tutu... Uh, I don't think he's ready to earn snaps in this offense. I don't think he's ready to earn snaps, especially in game time in this offense, um, or at least not consistent snaps. Like I think he can fill like the design touches role, uh, but I don't think he's going to be a consistent contributor to this offense. Uh, I think Deshaun Jackson, he's not the Deshaun Jackson of old. Uh, he, he's he's the Deshaun Jackson that is old, but he's not the Deshaun Jackson 
of old. So Van Jefferson is still wide receiver three in this offense to me. At worst, he's wide receiver four. But you're looking at an offense that now lost tight end two. So because a big thing with the Rams last year was that they had two very good receivers and they had two very good tight ends. You no longer have two very good tight ends. You have two very good receivers, one very good third option, and a tight end. And they're an offense that lost their starting running back already for this season. So I'm expecting a lot of passes, especially with someone like Matthew Stafford at the helm, who he's known for just letting that thing fly. And Van Jefferson could be that next guy. Like Golden Tate was a big option for Matt Stafford, especially underneath. That could be Van Jefferson. Like and or he could be the guy that runs deep. Like I, I think he's being uh, very slept on, very overlooked, and that people are uh, wrongfully projecting him to be buried on this on the depth chart. Next up is Freddie Swain on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, David Moore is gone from Seattle. He is now a Carolina Panther. Dwayne Eskridge, the rookie. Um, He's there, but I'm not convinced that he's going to earn these starting snaps right away. Like I, I don't totally understand that because he's another guy who he's more of a gimmicky player at this point. He's got a lot of work to do, especially refining his route running. And Freddie Swain has experience over Dwayne Eskridge. Like I get it's just one year, but one year in an offense is better than zero years in an offense. Like, the, the, does that track with everybody? Uh, Swain also, to me at least, offers more alignment versatility as opposed to Dwayne Eskridge. Um, I think that like you can put Eskridge in the slot and Swain outside, but I don't think you should put Swain in the slot and Eskridge outside because I don't think Eskridge would succeed outside unless he's running a go route, in which case you'd probably catch on that when he's on the outside, he's running a go route. So I think Freddie Swain is a guy where, the, similar to Van Jefferson, he's being overlooked for a reason that I don't totally get um like yeah seahawks have dk metcalf that's fantastic they have tyler lockett stud but i i i I don't think that they have as many weapons as people are painting them out like sure they have gerald everett and he's probably going to be big for them but i still think freddie swain is going to be a target and a contributor to this offense on a more consistent basis than Dwayne Eskridge will be, like especially with David Morgan and his touches opening up. Last in this section, we have Evan McPherson. I know that I spoke about him during the uh, training camp episodes, and I know that I spoke about how consistent he's been and how he has been just straight booming kicks through the back of the end zone. He's made 19 of 21 field goal attempts, again, um, at the time of recording this, which is, you know pretty much a week ago um, because, again, I'm not around to record a new episode. So at the time of recording this, Evan McPherson's been having a fantastic camp. He is likely to win the kicker battle over Austin uh, Seibert. And the offense in Cincinnati, <sighs> there's question marks. Uh, I'll say that. But they, they're primed to be good enough to at least get in field goal range. Uh, and... I think when you're looking at a kicker, that's a very important thing. Like that's one of the reasons that I started drafting Justin Tucker when he was a rookie because I was like, okay, this Ravens offense is at least good enough to get them in field goal range, a good amount of possessions. So I took Tucker and then he ended up being 
arguably the greatest kicker of all time. Uh, I'm not saying Evan McPherson will be that, but he's going to be in an offense that will get him in positions to at least attempt these field goals that will help him rack up points and become hopefully a bit of a steal of a kicker, uh, if possible. Think the Gators have a shot at the Natty this year? If you're confident, Bet Online currently has plus 2,800 odds, and I'm just saying, I'ma take them. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost. <clears throat> anything you can imagine it is the best way to place your bets and it's 100% free sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts make sure to use promo code locked on that is l-o-c-k-e-d no space o-n and now to wrap up we're talking about deep sleepers i've got three names here that uh i don't know if you guys are gonna like them or hate them but i know that i love them and to me sorry that's more important and when i mean deep sleepers i mean guys that probably shouldn't get drafted and that's totally fair like that's fine but i'm also talking about guys where they could um show out every now and then um or they could be next man up in case of injuries like this first guy kyle trask is someone that i'm listing on here just in case of an injury i'm gonna put him around there uh mainly because the offense and the talent around him is strong enough for him to succeed if he has to take over at some point this year due to injury uh if you're in a dynasty league you'll want to have Kyle Trask on your roster. Like, I I know that for a fact because when he does eventually have to take over this offense for Tom Brady, he's going to step into an offense with, I mean, assuming that they maintain most of their skill position players here, he's going to step into an offense that has already just all pro caliber players across the board. And that's going to be huge for his success because we talk about it a lot with pocket passing quarterbacks. They're not super keen on uh, just straight up creating their own offense, but they're very good at getting the ball to their playmakers and letting them make the plays. And we've seen Kyle Trask do that plenty, and we've seen him do it consistently, where if he does have to play, I mean, it's going to be a huge drop off from Brady, but hopefully you'll still get some production out of the quarterback position. Next up's LaMichael Pirine. I know I spoke about him plenty throughout, pretty much since I took over the podcast, I love P. Ryan. I love his game and his style and his vision. And I stand by my opinion that I think he's going to earn carries with the Jets as the season goes on. This offense also is very similar to the 49ers offense, and they use multiple running backs, and any one of them can go off on any given day. Like, look at the 49ers from last year, and look at who their uh, highest scoring fantasy backs were. You could have like there were just so many guys like or just not even in the last year just since Shanahan took over you've had guys like Matt Breda go off Raheem Mostert go off uh Jet McKinnon not really but Jeff Wilson go off Jamichael Hasty's earned significant snaps and playing time 
LaMichael Pirine could be that next guy that comes out of nowhere to kind of step up and go off a little bit. Uh, it's also, I think, a pretty smart idea to maybe try to stash LaMichael Pirine um, and maybe use him as trade bait if he does become one of those guys that has a random week where he just has like 26 points. Um, just try to use him as trade bait or dangle him a bit if you want to get a bigger player, maybe trade you know, an evenly, an even bit of uh, value and then add LaMichael Pirine and be like, hey, like this guy's like explosive and try to dump him off because he's probably not going to consistently create. But I mean, it, it, it's never wrong to have great trade bait, right? Like that's, if you play fantasy football, you would know. <laughs> uh, and the last player to talk about, <clears throat> if you must know, Timothy Tebow from the Makati City in the Philippines. Sorry, I had to do it. Just the old the old Madden shout out. Um, first off, it would be hilarious if he became a good fantasy tight end. Um, but also, like Urban Meyer has said that they want to use Tim Tebow with the Jaguars as a bit of a Taysom Hill role. Granted, he's, while he might be the original Taysom Hill, um, <laughs> He's probably not going to find that success or that much success early on, but it'd be fun to have him on the roster. I, for like two seasons after he left the NFL, I had him on my team just as just eating up space. Uh, he's someone who can get rushing yards, receiving yards, passing yards every now and then, and that's a pretty fun thing to have. Uh, also, I don't know about you guys, but in certain games, I will like to put someone that uh that isn't. Uh, is isn't a big fantasy contributor in just just for shakles. Um, usually it's a fullback, like I did it with Henry Hynoski, and I won my game with him still, even though he did not touch the ball, of course, because he was a blocking fullback. Um, but Tim Tebow could be that guy that I'm going to use this year. I I might do it just just to be a little bit disrespectful, you know. But that about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me tomorrow as it is the last episode before I come back from vacation, and it'll be the linebackers episode. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports as W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out Locked On Giants, hosted by Patricia Trena, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Patricia's giving you updates on the New York Giants every Monday through Friday. And besides having a first-round Gators draft pick this year, the Gators have four Gators or the Giants have four Gators on the roster right now. Betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.